0: Hey, family, thank you guys so much for stopping in for another episode of Cast the Word. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, and I want to talk to you for a few moments about the battle over your mind. Friends, thank you guys so much again for joining another episode of Cast the Word. Um, I want to start off by just saying that um, our prayers go out to those that um, were impacted by the storms um, the other night. We live in the Chattanooga area and there were um, some, some catastrophic storms, tornadoes that landed in our area. So we know some people that were um, impacted by that. Um, nothing of a, of a fatality. Perspective or anything like that. I know there were some, so our thoughts and prayers go out to those families impacted. But um, we we have some friends that had some some damage to their house and some um, damage, you know, still family that's that's out without power. So um, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, and of course, you know, we are still um, believing on God for a turnaround regarding the coronavirus and those that are impacted by that as well. It has definitely um, taken. Uh, the the world our nation um, kinda has has a grip on us right now so um, we're definitely still believing in God for a turnaround we know that um, in the midst of tragedy our Lord will be magnified so we're um, we're just trusting on God you know believing that um, we will come through this stronger than we were before um, inevitably life will be different after this but um, but we're just believing in God that uh, that he'll receive the glory um, even in the midst of of tragedy. So, excuse me, today I want to talk to you guys about the battle of your mind, the battle over your mind. Um, And I'm pulling all this obviously from scripture, Um, a couple different verses in Colossians and Romans that I want to read, both in the New Living Translation version. um, And the first one, Colossians 3 verses one through four Uh, verse 6 in the New Living Translation, it reads, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Again, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So what does that mean? Paul tells us in both of these um, books, both of these chapters and verses, that it's contingent upon us to not think and dwell so heavily about what goes on in this world. Not think and dwell about what so, uh, about whatever tragedy may come against us. We've been called to think differently. Since we have accepted Christ, we've been called to think about things in the spiritual realm more than things of the natural realm. Does that mean that we are just to turn a blind eye and not think about anything in our lives? Absolutely not. That's not the the message that these verses are trying to convey. The message that these verses are trying to convey is don't let them debilitate you. Don't let the things of this world debilitate your mind because there's a battle over your mind. In fact, your mind is the battlefield. And um, it's it's important for us to Put our mind in, in constant remembrance about what Christ has done for us, and and keep our minds um, held high, and um, being and by doing so, then we're able to pull down strongholds, pull down um, the wicked thoughts that come in. And if we are not um, on guard, then we are left defenseless and unable to battle those those battles when they will inevitably come. So. Romans says letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Every sin that anyone ever committed in the history of mankind started with a thought. And that's not news to anyone, we all know that before anybody um, committed a sin, It started with a thought and that's imperative for us to recognize that and be able to battle against that when those thoughts come and if we keep our mind on that behavior if we keep our mind on that sinful nature then it will lead us to death that's what the Bible says and we believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that um, its promises are yes and amen right but it continues by saying Let your spirit control your mind, and by doing so, that will lead you to life and peace. So there is an ongoing battle over your mind, especially right now. There are so many ways the enemy tries to get our minds off of God and onto this world and onto the cares of this world. And right now, it is definitely easier than usual to get focus on other things rather than God right our worlds have been turned upside down most of us are no longer going to work we're working from home or unfortunately many people in the state in the country have even lost their jobs as a result of this virus some are being furloughed right now um, you know and those that are able to go to work are, first responders, are um, heroes in the healthcare industry and, and doctor's offices and things of that nature, you know, those people are still going to work, but you know, their thoughts have changed as well. Their, their mindsets have changed as well. And, and everyone is f- so focused on this virus that, you know, um, it's so easy to get our minds on the cares of this world more than the spiritual realm and, and, and thoughts of God. And we know that God, um, Is still protecting us. We talked about last episode, he's still our keeper. He's still, based on the promises of Psalms 121, we claim that over us and we believe that he is still our keeper and he won't let any evil befall us. And despite what is going on outside and no matter what we do come in contact with, we still know that he's still on the throne and he will still guide us and protect us, right? So it's that spirit of, and that mindset of faith that we have to aspire to right now more than ever before. Um, The instruction listed here in the scripture is that we must walk more closely with God in all instances. Paul starts off by telling us to set our hearts on heaven and take them off the cares of this world. Once we said the sinner's prayer and accepted Christ in our lives, then we are now raised to a new life. We've essentially taken off that old man, taken off that old desire, those old habits, those, that sinful nature, right? Not that we are perfect now, but we've taken off that perpetual habit of sinning continuously and living in a lifestyle of sin. Once we accepted Christ, we've taken off that old man, and we've put on the new man, which is now Jesus, and the cares that he has instructed us to care for. So as born again Christians, we should now strive towards perfection through the process of sanctification, improving through the spirit, by the spirit, day by day, shedding off those layers of sinful behaviors, of lustful thoughts, of, you know, I mean, the list goes on of, of whatever, whatever your pet sin is. And we all have them. Um, Galatians tells us to lay aside the sin that does so easily beset us. We all have that proclivity towards one certain behavior, action, or desire that, you know, your, your, you know, proclivity may be different than mine. Um, my temptations may be different than yours. We are all different, but we all have a common, a common enemy and we all have a common theme in that we are all imperfect, there's only been one perfect man, and that was Jesus. And we are all imperfect, and we all have a tendency, an itch that wants to be scratched, and that's that sinful um, behavior. So as born-again Christians, we should strive towards perfection, and we'll never achieve it while as long as we're in this world. But we can become better. We can improve and take steps forward instead of taking steps back. Um, and, you know, I think it should be said, too, that once we are born again, there is a requirement for us to bear fruit, right? That's what the Bible tells us, that you will know them by their fruit. What's your fruit? What's my fruit? You know, even though we are guaranteed to mess up every now and again, we should try to live better after we accepted Christ than we did before accepting Christ, listening to the Spirit, you know, recognizing convictions and when they come your way, don't brush them aside. Listen to what your inner man is telling you um, and stay in the word because your inner man is not going to tell you anything that's not in the word. If the word says it's a sin, it's a sin and we shouldn't do it. And that's just as simple as that. So we must mind the concerns of the heavenly realm more than the concerns of this world. We must take, we must make heaven our scope and our aim and seek the favor of God above. We have to keep our communion with God through faith, through hope, through love, through prayer, through reading his word, and make it our constant care and business to secure our eternal reward through Jesus. Not through works, because there's nothing we can do to achieve grace. There's nothing we can do in ourselves to achieve mercy. But our eternal reward is through Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. So, in other words, we have to be spiritually minded, and you know. Again, I want to be clear. That's not saying we don't. We just need to neglect the cares of this world. That's not. That's not the intent. We should esteem the spiritual world more so than the natural, right? So, um, the truth here is that the cares of this world are completely opposite to the cares of heaven. Heaven and earth will pass away, pass away, but my word will not. And that's that's what the Bible says, and that's what we need to claim uh, claim to. Um, The earth is also the enemy's dominion, right? Um, The enemy um, goes to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. You know, Um, but the heavenly realm is God's. So in the spiritual realm, there is uh, there isn't absolutely an ongoing battle over your mind concerning the things you think and the actions you do because like I said every bad thing that anyone has ever done has always started with a thought and if our minds are not checked, if our minds are not in the spiritual realm, then that wicked thought that we all have every now and again will have more of an impact on us if we're not thinking spiritual, if we're not living in the spirit, if we're not striving to to live spiritually and not carnally if we don't have that defense up then when those thoughts come we will be less likely to battle them and absolutely we cannot do it at all by ourselves anyway but when we are more spiritually minded we know that oh i'm getting that thought i need to run to the word i need to run in prayer and we're more inclined to do that right so i want to encourage encourage you today that no matter what is going on in the world to keep your mind on on heavenly things, to keep our mind on our eternal reward, because ultimately that is what's most important. So there's a war going on for your mind. The enemy knows that, and the enemy knows that he will never defeat God. He knows that he will never sit on God's throne, which is ultimately what he wants, is to be worshipped. The enemy knows that nothing more wants nothing more rather than to be worshiped by God's creation. And because he knows that he will never rise to the throne of God, then he directs his attention then on hurting God the best way he can. And how can he do that? By getting your mind on things of this earth more than Jesus. And the enemy is fighting for your mind. He's fighting for your attention and your affection. He wants you to want earthly desires more than heavenly desires. He wants to tap into that lustful behavior that we all have. He wants your mind and he will relentlessly relentlessly attack your mind in an effort to get your mind off Christ. And you know what the enemy feeds you in your mind? Remind yourself that it's a lie. John 8 44. He was a murderer from the beginning, talking about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what the Bible says, talking about the enemy. Satan could, couldn't tell the truth even if he wanted to, basically. That's what that means, because he's a liar. He's the father of lies. It says that He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. Therefore, everything he says is a lie. Whatever he tells you about you, believe the opposite. He couldn't tell the truth even if he wanted to. And because he's battling for control over your mind, he wants to get your mind off of God. So instead, he'll feed you lies in order to get you depressed, to get you anxious, to get you fearful, to get you thinking in the past instead of the future. He'll make you think think thoughts of um, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful thoughts, idolatry, hostility, jealousy, anger, selfishness, division, and other sins like those. So I want to give you just a few type of lies that the enemy may try to feed you to get control over your mind. Okay. Number one, he will remind you of your past. We all have a past. We all have a BC before Christ. Every single one of us was born with a sinful nature. Every single one of us was born in sin. And before we knew Christ, we participated in sin. And even though we are striving through the process of sanctification towards the reward, towards perfection, we still miss the mark every now and again. But the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is that as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we deliberately choose not to live a lifestyle of sin. Do we mess up? Yes. Do we say things we shouldn't say? Yes. Do we look at things we shouldn't look at? Yes. But the thing is, is that when we fall, we pick ourselves back up and we call on God for forgiveness and we know the way we should live because it's all written down in the Word. The Word is our answer. It's our resource of life. It's our Bible and the enemy will constantly try to wreck you by reminding you of what you did in the past. reminding you of of what you did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, you know reminding you of your lack of self-worth, reminding you that you don't deserve anything other than returning back into that old lifestyle because that's who you are. Those are the lies that the enemy will tell you. And what you need to remind him when he comes against you with those thoughts is that the battle is not yours, the battle is the Lord's. And you need to remind the enemy what is written in the word. When Jesus was in um, the desert, um, you know, the enemy came against him, and three times he said, It is written, it is written, it is written. When Jesus tried to tempt or when Satan tried to tempt Jesus, Jesus reminded the devil, it is written. And when he did that, he eventually fled from him for a little while. He won't be gone forever. But as long as you stay in faith, as long as you stay motivated and encouraged in the word and stay in the word and in prayer, then you'll be able to fight those battles when they come. And you'll recognize that voice as being the voice of not from God, not on the heavenly, but you'll recognize that voice from the earthly realm. From, you'll recognize that voice as being the voice of the enemy, reminding you of your past, reminding you of those lies that, that you, you haven't changed, you're the same. Well, you're not because you've taken off the old man and you've put on the new man through Christ. That's the first lie. A second lie that he may tell you, and this is specifically to our younger uh, listeners, is, <clears throat> is that your social circle equals your worth. Right now in the social media world that we live in, the virtual world that we live in, it's almost as if the number of likes you get on a Facebook post, the number of friends you have on Facebook, the number of Instagram followers you have, what have you, the list goes on, that somehow that number is a self-validation of your worth in this life. And that is a lie. The number of friends you have in, on Facebook is, is likely, um, well, the number of friends you have on Facebook, let me just say it this way, it does not represent your value in life. It does not represent your worth in life. You you do not need, and I know we all like the pats on the back and the kudos, and I'm not taking that away from any of us. We all need encouragement from our friends and family every now and again. Absolutely, we need that. But your social circle is not a validation of your worth. Your worth is in Christ, and Christ knows, Christ is, has already determined your worth by dying on the cross for us you were worthy enough for him to come down step out of eternity into time walk the 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 man walk and die on the cross for our sins. That's how worthy you were for Christ to come down from heaven and to die on the cross for your sins. He did that because you're worth something. He did that because he knew that there's nothing in us that that could get us to spend eternity with him. And that's what he wants. He It's not his will that any of us should perish. He wants to spend eternity with all of us. But he's also given us the ability of free will to make our own decision and he do, he doesn't want to force us to worship him he wants us to want to worship him so your worth has nothing to do with your social circle do we need friends do we need family absolutely we should we should want that and in fact from a church perspective we should not forsake the assembling together right so that's your social circle but the validation is what i'm speaking of the validation of I got this many likes on a post and somehow that makes me feel good on the inside, you know, and that, that keeps, that gives me enough of a high to keep going forward. And I believe truly that sometimes social media is used as a high, um, for, for some people. And, and I just want to remind you that your social circle, the social media, all of that does not equal your worth. Your worth is in Christ and what he did on the cross. And the third lie is a pretty common one. If it feels good, do it, right? We've all heard that cliche, I guess, um, all of our lives. If it feels good, do it, right? You only live once. If it feels good, do it. I'd rather, you know, live this life to the best I can. And then at the end of my life, hopefully on my deathbed, I can get my life right with Jesus and get a ticket into heaven. That's not how God wants us to live this life. And you're not guaranteed tomorrow anyway. You could die of a brain aneurysm in the next 30 minutes and just drop dead. I mean, there's no guarantee that you're going to have that opportunity on your deathbed, as an example, to get your your life right with God right before you pass over into eternity. And that goes back to the, if it feels good, then do it mindset. That goes back to the immortality mindset that we need to know that we are not immortal, that we can die any moment, and that we really need to live our lives like every day is the last day that we could have on this earth. And we need to not think so much about what feels good to us. Instead, maybe we should consider what we could do to help somebody else feel better. Maybe we should do... And consider things that help other people more instead of helping ourselves, right? Because I, I think that's that's the true mission of a Christian and the true mission of Christ is to um, is to give yourself up to love your neighbor more than yourself, right? To to you know in any way that you can help other people out spread the word of god you know help the homeless help the widows help the orphans i mean that's that's the true uh, foundation there and and that goes back to eliminating the the concept of if it feels good do it because that is self-pleasure and that is you know lifting yourself high that is almost using your body and your temple as an idol to your spirit. And that's not what we want to do. And, you know, does that mean we can't participate in recreational activities and have fun while we're here? Absolutely not. God wants us to have a good life, right? He wants us to have fun, but we need to be careful about that mentality. That can be so damaging. And I think that the enemy capitalizes on that as much as he can to try to get us to serve ourselves more than serve God, right? So that's it for the for today I hope that you found some encouragement here I hope that I was able to speak to the fact that our mind is a battlefield our mind is a war and we walk around every single day on this earth fighting a battle right between our ears and that's a battle that only you know that's you You know you can convey it to friends and family all you want but only you know the level of detail that is going on between your your ears and and God knows it and the enemy is he's studied us mankind you specifically long enough to know what your weaknesses are, and as soon as you have a crack in that armor, he's going to throw a dart. So I just encourage you to, to put on the whole armor of God, recognize and understand the fact that there's a battle going on for your mind, and to the best of your ability, understand this scripture, that letting sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I love you guys. Uh, uh, Our prayers are going out for those that were impacted by the storms the other night. Our prayers are continuing to go out for those that are impacted by COVID-19. We're believing in God to pull us through this. I love you guys. Stay strong in the faith, and I'll talk to you next time.